Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. And singers, and uh, thank you all for being here tonight. God bless you. God's going to speak to us. I have all confidence tonight. If you have your Bibles, let's open up to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs 22 tonight. We're going to look at one verse there. How many of you have ever had, you know, you got your electronic device or whatever, and it starts to run kind of slow and funky, and it's like uh, you're trying to use it, and it's just not working, and then you reset it, and once it resets, it's like it starts to work just fine. Anybody ever seen that? Your computer, whatever it may be, sometimes your car even, uh, you got lights, my, my dashboard sometimes thinks it's a Christmas tree, Right? And so it's amazing. You just take the battery post off and, and let it sit there for a minute. And you put it, and it's like, poof, back to, back to normal, right? And so uh, sometimes it's all we really need to do to get something like this back into its working condition is to reset it, right? There's a reset button. Now, wouldn't it be great if there was like a reset button for life, right, for people, you ever, you ever get to where you're kind of running slow and funky and, and, and you're not wanting to, you know, you're just, you're just, anybody ever been in a funk or am I the only one? Right? And you're just kind of like, ugh, just need a reset. Right? Well, the other morning, uh, I, was, I was inspired um, by, by the Holy Ghost and by a sister in our church. Unfortunately, she's not here, but. Um, but, uh, we're here at prayer and, uh, a lady comes in, one of our sisters, she comes in and she's coming into prayer and she's got her precious little baby with her, you know, a little guy about two, I think years old. And, and, uh, so she's coming in, but I'm going to tell you, he wasn't being precious at the time. This little dude was manifesting, man. Yeah. I mean, he's screaming and throwing his head back and I'm like, holy you cast something out of there, like a whole legion. And bless, bless this mom. She's being a mom. You know, she's like, no, no, calm down. It's going to be okay. She's trying to speak to him and comfort him. And she's hugging him. And she's trying to get him under control. And she's trying to distract him with toys. But finally, mama had enough. Mmm. Let me know when mama had enough. Uh-oh. Things, something's going to happen, right? So she grabs him up, and they took the walk. You know the walk, right? All of a sudden, the screams changed, and that little guy, no, no, ah! and uh, oh my gosh, I was dying laughing. It was so funny. But anyway, so they they went to the bathroom, and and the door closed, and the screaming kind of died down, you know. And and after a while, you didn't hear anything, and then the door opened, and out came this precious mom, and a whole new man. I I mean, I was like. Wow, this little dude had revival. I'm not joking. He came out smiling, 
skipping, doo 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 doo. Started going around and, and, and visiting folks that were praying there. You know, he's, he's going up to people and just smiling at them, you know, and he's playing with his toys. Completely different person. And I thought to myself, Mama hit the reset button. Amen. I want to preach tonight the reset button. Out of Proverbs 22, 15, just one verse we're going to take a look at. And don't worry, I'm not preaching on parenting, okay? So just calm down, Mama. Don't be mad at me. Uh, but how many know that sometimes we need to have our reset button hit by God? Right? Because we get into a fun, and sometimes we got a legion in there, and, uh, and we need, you know, boom, God to just bring a, a bit of correction. Proverbs 22, 15, Word of God says this. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. Amen. The reset button. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence here tonight. We're asking your guidance. Give us ears to hear, God, a mind to understand, a heart to obey your word, and to apply it in our lives. We're asking all these things tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to consider first this problem of foolishness in the heart. Because the reality is, we can. it's pretty graphically demonstrated in a little child, right? The foolishness that's in there comes out in screams and craziness and insanity, right? But how many know that the foolishness that's, that's in our hearts, uh, it wants to come back, even once we're older, even once we're saved? How many know our heart, we can't trust our heart? It's corrupt and sick. It's, and in Jeremiah 17, he says, your heart is more wicked than anything, and twisted and corrupted, right? Who can know it? Only God can know the heart. And so um, it's, it's interesting. There's a big problem with discontentment in our generation. How many are with me? I have never seen so many depressed, angry, upset, miserable people uh, in such high concentration ever. I mean, I'm not the oldest guy in the world, but I've uh, been around for a couple of years. And, but I'm telling you, man, there are, there are some miserable people in this world. How many are with me? And the more you, you, you look on, uh, you can see on, on videos and stuff, um, these folks uh, get into TikTok. Man, you want to talk about ruining your life. Get on TikTok. Amen. Bless the Lord. But, uh, I mean, some of the most miserable people on the face of the planet are these folks that are, that are just doing what they want. They get everything they want. Nobody tells them no. You can't do that, or that's wrong. And if they do, man, it is World War III. Uh, you know, it's the whole gender confusion thing. I've never seen such miserable people in all my life. They're getting exactly what they want, but they're tormented. How many know that's, that's a reality in life? If we get, just get everything that we want, we will be absolutely miserable. That's true. And so the problem is, the reason that that happens is because everything that we want is fleshly and it's carnal, it leads to destruction. And that's exactly what's happening. These people are getting everything they want and they're going straight to destruction. Listen to me, front, front row fire tonight. Amen. I love, this is a front row fire. These uh, young folks here in the front, I love it. But we need to be able to be corrected. We, uh, it's not healthy for us to just get everything we want all the time. How many are you with me? We know this, Right? Uh, we don't like to admit it because we like to have what we want. But we need, we need 
uh, what's right and what's true. Galatians 6, 7 says this, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. James 1, 14 talks about the danger of fulfilling our fleshly desires. This is what he says. Each one, this is talking about us, is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. This is true. This is, this is why it's so important that we be guided and corrected by God. Because we will naturally go astray, follow our flesh, fulfill the desires of the flesh, and it leads us straight to destruction. Remember months, some months, well, maybe, maybe two years ago at the most, we're at the uh, church building in Mendoza, and we're having a concert scene. And this young person came and was kind of outside, didn't want to come into the building, was kind of outside there. And uh, I looked out, I had recognized this person, um, he was a trans, uh, transvestite. And so I went out to talk to him, because how many know God loves transvestites too? He doesn't want them to stay that way, he wants to save them from themselves, amen, from that destruction. So I went out, and I just started speaking to this person, and uh, he says, uh, Me llamo uh, Estrella, he said his name was Star. But as I was talking to him, he confessed. He said, my name is Emmanuel. I said, wow, man, that's a powerful name. Started to speak to him. I said, yeah, you're Emmanuel, you know what that means? He said, yeah, I know what that means. He said, I, it means God is with us. I said, yeah, that's right. He said, I grew up in church. My, mom, my dad's a pastor, actually. And uh, my parents are still in church. He said, and I was like, wow, man. I said, what happened? He said, it wasn't abuse, it wasn't anything. He said, I just decided I wanted to do my own thing. And so I, I started to get into this lifestyle. And he said, I, I just did everything I wanted, and I told my parents I never wanted to hear from them again, never wanted to talk to them, uh, and, uh, and I've been doing this for years. And he said, and, and you could just see, you could see the regret on this guy. He's, he doesn't have a home, he hasn't bathed, and I don't know how long, he could, I mean, the smell was was intense. He's only, uh, I think he's only about 20, 21 years old. And, but he's just absolutely filled with regret. He's had surgeries done to change, uh, you know, to become more feminine. And, uh, and he confessed. He got honest. He said, I don't mind if you call me Emmanuel. He said, um, he said I, I know that's what God really wants me to be. But here's a person that he's, he's followed his desires, he's followed his flesh, he's done whatever he wanted, he hasn't been corrected, he hasn't allowed uh, anybody, any person to speak correction to him, he hasn't allowed God to put limits on his life, and now he's reaping the consequences, and he, he said some, some, uh, some just heart-rending words, he said, I want to leave, but I feel trapped in this lifestyle, I don't know anything else, I don't know what, what else to do, and so it's a foolish thing to despise God's correction. How many are with me? It's a foolish, it's a self-destructive thing. A life without correction is a life headed for destruction. You hear me tonight? 
Young folks, older folks, amen. Every one of us need to hear this tonight. Proverbs 12 says this. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Yeah, man, the Bible's straight up sometimes, amen. Proverbs 15, 32. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. This is a New Living Translation. He says, but if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Proverbs 13, 24. He who spares his rod, or correction, hates his son. But he who loves him disciplines him promptly, quickly. Right? He'll keep it, keep it lined out. And so we need to be careful this evening uh, not to allow the foolishness of our heart to destroy our lives. Amen? Secondly, I want to take a look at the rod of correction. Because uh, while our heart seeks to draw us astray, our flesh wars against our spirit and seeks to bring destruction. How many know we have a God in heaven that that wants to help us? But sometimes the way he helps us isn't the most comfortable thing. So I want to take a look at the rod of correction. The rod of correction is how God lets us know that we've crossed a boundary, that we're playing with a boundary. Every one of us needs a spiritual Tirlo is how they say it in, Sp- in Argentina, a spanking from time to time, right? Our text, going back to our text, Proverbs twenty-two fifteen, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. This is true for us parents. You know, I've called it the reset button for, for many years. My wife and I, uh, we noticed this early on with our precious little uh, children, our little offspring, right? When they're acting like demons, we just cast it out. Plah! We lay hands on them. Right? And it's like hitting the reset button. They come out of that in revival. Woo! They're happy. They're at peace. It's amazing. I'm not talking about abuse tonight, amen? I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about correction done to just, hey, listen, there are limits in life. There are boundaries in life. There's consequences for your words and for your actions. And if you cross boundaries, you're going to suffer the consequences. That's a wise thing to teach. There's millions of people in prisons that were not taught that as children, and now they're suffering the consequences, right? So, uh, but this isn't just uh, for, for parents, you know, our earthly parents. This is a spiritual truth. God disciplines us as his spiritual children. Um, Hebrews 12, verse 8 says this, If you are without chastening, of which all have been, become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not even sons. Wow. So I want to ask, you know, just throwing this out there. When was the last time, how long has it been since God could correct you? We all know how that feels, right? It's not comfortable. It's that, it's that, uh, it makes you tighten up inside. You're just like, ooh, oh, man. I remember years ago, I was a younger guy. And uh, I don't know, I was in a funk. And this was back when I still lived at home, before I was saved. And my, my dad said, hey, I want you to start a fire. In those days, we, our house was heated by a wood stove. And so our, our, our wood stove was in the living room, and there was a wall between the living room and the kitchen. And the chimney for the wood stove shared the chimney with the water heater. Well, they'd replaced the water heater uh, with something else. I don't remember exactly. I think it was an electric one. Or, I don't remember. But for some reason, the chimney was uh, disconnected from the water heater inside the kitchen. So I'm in there, and uh, I'm going to go start a fire. And I didn't want to start a fire in the, in the stove, but, but I was going to do it. But I did it with a funky, nasty little attitude. 
And so what I do, I got a whole pile of newspaper, and I filled up that stove, and then I made a whole bunch of kindling. I filled it up with kindling, and then I grabbed a couple logs of oak and put them on top, and then I grabbed lighter fluid. And I just... Grabbed a match, tossed it in there and closed the lid. Man, brother. Boom! It was one of them big, uh, it was one of those uh, cast iron stoves. You ever seen those old cast iron wood stoves? The lid weighed like 30 pounds. It flipped that thing up like it was a sheet of paper. Boom! And I hear, (laughs) all of a sudden, (laughs) I'm sorry. All of a sudden, there's there's ash all over in the kitchen. And I hear a a coffee can. They'd taken a Folgers coffee can and put it over over the chimney. I hear this coffee can go, bing, ding, ding, around the kitchen. My parents are in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that sinking feeling in your heart. Anybody ever felt that? I am done. I am dead meat, right? How long has it been since you felt that with God? How long has it been since God, since you're like, ooh, I know God, mm, God's about to. It's a good feeling. You know why? Because it shows that God loves us. My parents cared enough about me. They are like, we are not going to let you become a pyromaniac. So we will correct you now. And they corrected me. And I needed it. And I didn't thank them at the time. But I thank God for it now. Because I'm not running around burning buildings down. <laughs> Amen. But how many know God, God can bring correction? And we need to feel that. We need to feel the weight of conviction. We need to feel like, man, God's about to get me. Right? Now, we know God's, that's not the way God thinks. He doesn't deal with his kids. Oh, I can't wait until they mess up so I can get them again. That's not how God works, amen? He would far rather just simply guide us and, and that we be obedient to him and not have to correct us. But the reality tonight is that sometimes we need it, amen? And he's going to do that. How many know there's places you shouldn't go? There's people you shouldn't be around. Because it's dangerous to do that. It's, this is especially true. I know in Jacksonville, you know, we think everything's Mayberry here. Well, there's some places in Jacksonville that aren't so Mayberry. If you talk to police uh, uh, officers and stuff like that, they'll, they'll tell you, there are places you don't want to be in Jacksonville at certain hours of the night. There's certain people in Jacksonville you don't want to be with. Why? Because they will ruin you. They can destroy you. You can lose your life by being in those places. This was very true. It's something I learned in the, in the city, you know, in Mendoza, Mendoza was a big city for me, um, and I'd never lived in a city. I lived in the country, and uh, so we're down there, and there's people in the church. They're like, Pastor, you can't be in certain places here at night. They said, if you come to a stoplight at midnight, you don't stop at the stoplight. You go through the stoplight. I'm like, what? That's breaking the law. You know, they're like, no, you don't stop, because if you stop, they're going to carjack you. I'm like, oh, wow, really? So you learn, right? Well, how many know God doesn't want... There's certain places we can't go spiritually without consequences. It's a dangerous place, and God wants to correct it. He, he guides it. He says, don't go there. Don't mess with these things. Right? It'll, it will hurt you. It will ruin you. It's far better to be disciplined by God than to be at the mercy of your enemy. Second, in First Chronicles 21, we see here David, King David, he's... Uh, he's, things are going pretty well for him uh, in his kingdom. But, but he, he got to a place where he's thinking, yeah, let me, let me just see how great I really am. And so he ordered that the, that the 
nation be numbered. Okay? The Bible says that uh, the devil inspired him to do this. And so he numbers the, the people, and the, the point was it was, a, it was a prideful thing. This is something he's doing. He wasn't doing this for the glory of God. He was just doing it to just see how wonderful he was and how powerful his army was. It had nothing to do with faith. It had nothing to do with obeying, obeying, uh, obeying God. It was, it was a carnal thing, it was, and it was driven by hell. And so God comes to him, and he says, listen, you're going you're gonna to suffer some consequences for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punish you for this. And it's interesting. God gives him a, a decision. Listen to these words. First Chronicles 21.12. God says to him, you'll either have three years of famine or three months to be defeated by your foes with the sword of your enemies overtaking you, or else for three days the sword of the Lord, the plague in the land, with the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. Now consider what answer I should take back to him who sent me. David said to the prophet Gad, I am in great distress, but please let me fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are very great, but do not let me fall into the hand of of man, how many know it's way better to allow God to correct you, Amen, than to have your enemy come after you and have a right to your life. This is why God corrects us. This is why God puts limits. This is why He says, "Don't be messing with certain things." We need to be careful what you're listening to, what you're watching, what you're taking in. We know this. We, oh, I don't let my kids see nothing. This, that, and the other. Okay, that's that's good. We need that. But what about you? What about us as parents? What are, you, what are we taking in? What are we permitting? Because we can open ourselves up to some things, and uh, there's gonna be some, there can be consequences for that stuff. Amen? We need to be careful, and we need to, to love God's correction. I want to close tonight, third, the third thought, pressing the reset button, or hitting the reset button, as the picture says. So... Um, you know, uh, we, we've seen this, that, that little boy, man, he had revival that morning. Came into prayer, boy, I, and I told, the, I told the mom, I said, you did a great job. I said, great job. I said, you inspired me for a, for a whole sermon, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, but this is, this is a wonderful truth, if we'll have it. If we can let God correct us and, and deal with us, he'll, he really can restore joy. You know why some Christians don't have any joy anymore or don't have any victory? It's because they're no longer allowing God to correct them. They're not letting God deal with them anymore. I already know how things are. I already know. I already know. I already know. Yeah, we know. But we still need to be sensitive. We still need to love God's discipline and God's correction. Can God still correct us? That's a wonderful question to ask. Because we can still go astray even though we already know uh, how things are. So I want to talk about hitting the reset button. And the first thing we need to do if we're going to hit the, have the reset button hit for us is to learn to love God's discipline. We have to realize, first and foremost, that God really does love us. That's why he brings conviction. That's why he corrects us. And correction can come uh, through a number of ways. Usually it's, it's a kind of a progress. First of all, God will convict you. you, you have a, you'll feel the weight of, of, of conviction. Amen? That's a wonderful thing. If you respond at that moment, how many know we can avoid a whole lot of mess in life? But God can correct us. He can bring correction through His Word. How many know sometimes God brings correction through sinners? People that don't even, uh, don't even know Jesus. 
remember we worked, we had a guy who worked with us. Uh, he was a uh, guy from Chile. We'd work, build houses, and sometimes when we were on the job site, we'd be acting crazy, you know, and, and just kind of messing around and working, you know. And this guy would say, uh, he always, his favorite saying, he's like, oh, you go to church? Right? If, if we were doing something that, that seemed to him like out of line, you know, oh, you go to church? Mm. Right? And he's like, yeah, man, leave me alone. <laughs> and so God can speak through some of that. Sometimes God speaks to us that way, right? Sometimes God speaks to us through leadership. How many know? Sometimes pastor can look at you and it's like, oh, man. Oh, I'm the only one. Right? Or through the preaching of the word. Just something in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sermon just hits just right. And it's like, man. And God starts to deal with us. He does that because he loves us. He's not trying to drive you away. He's not trying to condemn you. He's not trying to just destroy you. He's doing it. He says, I love you so much. I don't want you to ruin yourself. Please listen to me. Amen? So we need to love God's discipline. I didn't love my parents' discipline when I was a teenager. I hated it, as a matter of fact. I hated, I used to say, I hate my mom, I hate blah, 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 right? But I was a complete fool. And I, looking back, you know, I called my mom up and my dad. I said, man, I am so sorry. I thank you so much. They weren't Christians, but they were, they, they were good, sound, solid people. And they put lines, and they put boundaries. And I, you know, I began to see, uh, you know, I would look around and see my friends, and they're doing whatever they want to on the weekends. But here I am, stuck out on the ranch working, or, or not able to go to the party and stay all night long like the rest of my friends. You could go, uh, but I'm going to come pick you up at, at 9.30. What? Oh, it's not even getting started yet. No, you're coming home. <sighs> but I began to see how those Kids doing whatever they wanted to played out in life. Played out in life. Some of them had kids while they were teens, children, broken hearts. One, uh, there's one uh, guy in particular lost his life. 17 years old, went into eternity because his parents wouldn't put boundaries. And he, he was allowed to do whatever he wanted to, and it absolutely ruined him. It ended his life on earth. And so, uh, you know, years later, I was like, man, mom, dad, Thank you. I didn't understand at the time. And my mom's like, it's so good to hear you say that. I was at the end of my rope so many times with you. I was ready to jump off a cliff. I didn't know what to do. I said, no, mom, it was worth it. You did right. You did right. Can I just encourage somebody here tonight? Stay steadfast. Maintain the boundaries. Maintain the limits. Don't give up. Your kids might not get it now. They might despite and fight against it. But you know what? Stay steadfast. Amen. We, they need it. Your kids need it. We need it. Amen. We need to learn, secondly, to respond correctly to God's discipline. Revelation 3.19 has some powerful words. This is what Jesus said. Now, he's, gotten, he's just finished uh, correcting a church. He says, this, these are all the things that are jacked up with you. And this is what he said. This is how he ends it, though. He says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Amen. We need to first repent of despising God's correction. We need to re- repent of, of avoiding it. Sometimes we try to avoid God's correction, right? No, we need to repent of that. We need to repent of our rebellion. When God deals with us on something, we're like, we're slow, or we only do part of it. Hello, right? And then we should also invite God 
and say, God, here I am. Speak to me. Deal with me as is good in your sight. Now, that's a dangerous prayer because God will do it. He'll deal with us. And he'll, and, but he does it. I say it's dangerous because it's dangerous to our flesh. It's actually the safest thing that you can, pray for, that you can actually pray because God will deal with you. God will help you, and he will deal with those things. Sometimes we got things we don't even see about ourselves. And God will deal with us on those things, and he'll bring those out and work them out in us. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I saw an ad for a boot camp. It's, in a, it's like a teen boot camp, except it's for adults, adult men. It looks like an interesting thing. I don't know. I didn't look into it much, but uh, there was something that, that caught my attention. It's, it's, so this, it's like a boot camp. It's not a military boot camp. It's a boot camp for um, behavior adjustment. I don't know if it's with a church. or I don't know. Uh, but, um, but I saw something interesting. One of the guys, they were interviewing him, and he said, in all seriousness, I would kill any man who treated my daughter the way I treat my wife. He said, that's why I'm here. He says, I need to be corrected. I need, I need to be changed. I was like, wow. This guy, get, he gets something. I mean, that's a hard confession to make. Come here with me. But he recognizes the value of correction. He says, I'm going to put myself where I will be held accountable and I can't get away with the things that I've been doing that I know are wrong. I'm going to put myself where, where uh, this gets dealt with. Amen. Praise God for that. That's a wonderful thing. Amen. How many are with me? That's why we need to be in church. That's why we need to be in prayer. That's why we need to be in, our, in the word of God. We need to be in fellowship with people that care for our souls. You need to be in contact with your pastor. Pastor, hey, you know, you know he can pick up on things. God speaks to our, our pastor. Hey, come here, brother. Let me talk to you for just a sec. It's going to be good help. Amen. To heal. How many are with me? We need to put ourselves where we can be corrected and be helped. Amen. And last, we, want to, we need to learn to love and live. Uh, love and to live within the boundaries that God has established. Hebrews 12, verse 9 uh, speaks, and this is, what it, this is what the Bible says. It says, We've had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Amen. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. <laughs> Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, listen to this, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Amen. This is what happened to that little boy that morning. He got healed. The crooked things that were out of joint got put back in joint. Sometimes I wake up in the morning, I don't know what the deal is, but I wake up sometimes and my thumb is like locked up. If I'm not paying attention and I grab something, it's like out of joint. Man, that thing, oh, gracious, right? But if I pop it back into joint, it doesn't hurt anymore, right? Well, how much more when we're out of joint spiritually, God gets us back in joint. He says, let it be healed. Let it be healed. Go through it. Let God help you. He really does love us. And so it might be uh, uncomfortable for God to correct us. It might be uh, painful. It might be a scary prayer to open ourselves and say, God, whatever you see in me, help me. Search my heart. 
It might be uncomfortable, but guess what? It's the safest place you can ever be in all of creation. Amen? Let's pray tonight. And uh, I just want to ask if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.